Welcome to the Wed Pro Podcast, the show for wedding professionals and business owners. Each month, we bring you top industry experts, business chat, and hints and tips to grow your business. I'm Katie. And I'm Roxy. Welcome to the Wed Pro Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Web Pro Podcast. Really great to have you here, and today we've got a super episode for you. Um, thanks for joining us. So we're going to be talking about um, a really interesting subject. We spoke um, inside of our community. For those of you that are inside of our community, I've been floating this idea around for a couple of weeks now in terms of like business motion versus action. So we're going to de- um, delve deep into that subject today. But we've also got a guest with us, um, Rob from Rob Moore Photography. Uh, Rob is a photographer. Oh, hey. Hey. (laughs) Hi, Rob. Um, Well, maybe you tell us what you do. (laughs) Okay. uh, So I'm a a wedding photographer, um, specialised in the kind of traditional star weddings. Um, And I've been told that Bridgerton is very on trend. So that is kind of hopefully going to help promote my my niche that kind of yeah that kind of like traditional fairy tale castle style wedding rather than kind of like that rustic style that's kind of your your niche isn't it exactly that yes oh fab so how did you get into the wedding industry rob um well i um i've been doing photography for about 10 years now um and i kind of well I think for most photographers you kind of dream about being famous and doing a really amazing picture that everyone will remember forever uh that's really difficult to do um and it's very subjective photography so I wanted to find a way that I could kind of leave my mark on individuals as opposed to changing the world so for me weddings was the best way for that because if you're capturing someone's wedding for them that's going to be probably one of the most important pictures they'll ever have and that will stay with them and their children and then hopefully their children and it will be something that will last forever as opposed to a fine art picture that will just die with you (laughs) I absolutely love that I really love that kind of um, way that you've kind of described exactly what a photographer is to people and those moments at the wedding and and um I, I know Roxy you've got photos of your wedding all over your house everywhere <laughs> <laughs> but also it's nice as well like when it comes up to your wedding anniversary and you share pictures of your wedding that you we get I was a guest at your wedding I get to share those moments again and those memories again it, it exactly brings it, it brings it all back and it, it it's so lovely and can I just say as well hats off to you as well Rob you know how you were saying kind of the beginning of your kind of um, photography journey saying how hard it is to get into and be successful as a photographer I did photography um, for my GCSE and it was something that I was going to pursue until my photography teacher said you know like hardly anybody ever makes it in this industry so you you need to have a backup plan so I went for the backup plan of something else whereas you started it out yeah well this is it this is um i mean the thing you see this is one of the problems of social media is you see how many photographers there are um and it is it's very kind of cutthroat in a in a 
in a sense on on Facebook anyway, um, where you'll have literally fifty thousand wedding photographers all applying to one client. Um, so I can I can understand. And when I started this, that's exactly my mindset. I believed that it's going to be impossible because there is more photographers than clients, and I am now the fifty thousandth and one photographer. Yeah. Um, you hit the nail on the head there, like in terms of, you know, perhaps prior to social media, you had kind of your own network of people and you might mm-hmm. know one other photographer and then boom, the internet's there. And yeah. um, it is natural to sit and start comparing yourself, isn't it? And thinking, oh, that person's been in business 10 years longer than I have. Um, that person's got more experience or has won mm-hmm. that award. And it is very easy to kind of get yourself into that kind of mind space, isn't it? When um, like we we consume so much of our life through social media mm-hmm. and yeah. our outside thoughts. And I was actually listening to a podcast this morning that was saying that, you know, um, we, we as individuals and as humans should actually make time for, for more of our thoughts. So in the example that they were saying on the podcast was that, you go into a coffee shop now compared to kind of 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you might have walked into a coffee shop. There might have been a line in front of you. Maybe mm-hmm. you walked into somebody you knew. You'd have a little chat. You'd get into the line. And then you would kind of be alone with your thoughts. Now, when mm-hmm. you walk into a coffee shop, everybody is kind of look, checking their emails, replying to an email, replying to something on social media, looking on Instagram, yes. watching a video on TikTok. And consuming content all of the time, even if it's good content, and there's mm-hmm. loads and loads of good content out there, we're not actually allowing our thoughts and our brains to find like your ideas and to kind of nourish your ideas forward. And I was yes. like, oh, that is so that is so true and so interesting. And we speak about like social media switch offs a little bit, don't we, Roxy? And we're saying mm-hmm. like, you know, let's get your social media scheduled for your business go in and do what you want to do for your business in terms of connecting with clients um, and then switch off and go and be with your family and put some rubbish yes. on. Yes. Well, on that, that's, that's something I've done the last, the last three weeks I've made a very, very conscious effort to, to kind of get off social media. Um, because I was, I, I, <laughs> I got basically triggered by my phone. I've got an iPhone. I was, but yeah. most of the world. Um, and obviously, once a week, it says your screen time, doesn't it? Oh, I've turned um, that off because I know yeah. that's <laughs> Yes. So my screen time was like 10 hours a day, um, which is a lot. But in my head, I justified it because, well, I need to be on Facebook because that's where the clients are. And if I'm not on Facebook every second of every day, I might miss that person that is going to, need my my photography I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people listening I've definitely been in that position where I've got the laptop out at 10 o'clock at night um I've even woken up from dreams thinking oh I've not replied Mm -hmm. to my email um and it it can feel a bit strange when you kind of step back and think isn't it like this this isn't right you know no yeah um when I'm busy kind of boundaries in place when I'm busy kind of doing that it almost feels like I'm busy doing, doing something that's like re- really really important but um 
an example of this for me is actually just recently because we like we've had a couple of crazy weeks. I've been cramming like working, social media. <laughs> Oh, she's off again. <laughs> Work-life balance is great, right? Yes, well, this is... <laughs> but I, I've been guilty of... Um, and my little girl told me off. She said, Mummy, why were you not watching me at my swimming lesson? You was on your phone. Mm. And I was justifying myself to her. And then I thought, oh, no, this has got to stop. Yes. Well, and you're right. This is the same... The exact same thing happened to me. So my wife, <laughs> who puts up with a lot of stuff... She was the one that, well, const- constantly calls me out on it. So, obviously, it's so easy just to have your phone when you're eating, when you're watching TV, when you're everywhere. Um, so, I've I've now officially put time limits on Facebook and Instagram and the news. Why do I want to be on the news? The news is horrible. There's nothing good in the news. So, that's 15 minutes because otherwise you can just sit scrolling on the news forever. Yeah. Um, Facebook, Instagram, I've got an hour on there. And what I'm finding with that is I'm actually, when I'm on there, I'm doing stuff that I need to do rather than just mindlessly watching videos of cats and stuff. Uh, I'm actually being actually responsible with my time on there. So if I am on there, it's just quickly checking in all the different the groups that I'm in. Um, Instagram, I'm not just scrolling through it. I'm just interacting with the people that are interacting with me. Yeah. Likewise, I've got my... Um, all my all my social media set up at the start of the month so I'm not posting anything so it was just mindless scrolling for for no reason because once you've set it up that's it. it it can be not not good for you like like me personally it's really not good for my mental health I like to with a little bit of what well, not a little bit a lot of anxiety and that yes I have to be strict with that or that fuels it a lot I think yes. as well it's, it's um comparison isn't it um mm-hmm. a lot of it yeah she said you know mindlessly scrolling and kind of getting sucked into the oh there's a squirrel void like that's what yeah. I like to call it. <laughs> um, or but then um the other side of it is actually there's a fine line like when you're starting a business of course you need to know about your competitors like mm-hmm. you want to know about your competitors you want to know is there a space for my idea in the market you want to validify okay if they're doing that there's no reason why I can't do that too. And you want to go and do your research. Absolutely. Mm. Um, but social media is very savvy. So when you when, yes. you when you look at particular things, and let's say you're looking at a lot of your competitors, social media says, oh, you're interested in seeing more from those competitors. Mm-hmm. And actually, once you've kind of done your research and you're kind of comfortable with what you're doing, you want to get back in your lane, don't you? And you want to get back yes. in your lane and concentrate on your client and your story especially if some of the, the people it's like imposter syndrome or whatever coming coming up they mm-hmm. they could have been in business 20 years you don't know their backstory they might have had a, a huge cash injection they might like you don't know anything about what you see on social media and what business ever posts the bad exactly in their yes business? it just doesn't happen no no you're absolutely right there's um Interestingly, I was I was talking to another photographer that I met on um, I think it was through the through the hub, and um, I was following her on Instagram. I was like, I'd love to work for you one day because I mean I love your your pictures, your style. 
and everything you're doing, it's great. And I'd like to shadow you just to kind of see what you're doing. And then it turned out that she had started her business at the same time as me. And she had only, I think she'd only got about three or four bookings. I was like, but you, you're, you're so good. How, how have you only got that many bookings landed? So you're, you're right about perceptions. Um, and again, with Instagram, I've turned off all the, the numbers on the likes because yeah. I'm just seeing how many people are getting likes and then comparing it. But then I don't want to compromise on the style of photography that I want to do because otherwise I'm not going to be doing what I want to do, which was the whole point of starting a business. And we all fall into these kinds of little traps, don't we? Um, of taking clients on that aren't quite right for our business mm -hmm. and having to kind of stay really focused and, you know, thinking about that kind of end goal. Yes. Which talks us, leads us nicely into kind of motion, this kind of theory about motion and action, mm -hmm. actually. Um It'll be interesting to know, Rob. How do you set, how do you set your goals in your business? Can't, do you well talk talk me through it? So, um, originally, I was looking at it from a from a money point of view solely, um, and then I changed my mind on that because although it's important to have money, chasing money is not why I I wanted to do this. Um, so the main thing for me was bookings, networking, and just growing my brand so there's more awareness. Um, so my kind of main KPIs were bookings that I had got, um, shadowing with other photographers. So there's now, as of this morning, two photographers that I'll be working with locally. Um, and then it's just kind of consistent brand messaging throughout. So... Again, although it doesn't bring me clients directly, it means I don't have to worry about that in the future because it's it's done. Um, and I know when I first met both of you, my <laughs> my social media was a mess. So obviously my my Facebook was always you said football photography. My yeah. website was the wrong address on my Instagram. My Instagram was travel pictures. It was also a, a travel account, so that went. Um, uh, yeah, the website was not great so now I've got a consistent brand um, I'll be updating the website again for a final time this year and then leaving it um, it's yeah it's it's more it's focusing having, on having those other eyes on it though isn't it and and you know yes you, you want to get your work out there you've done some like you said you did some amazing like corporate work and photography work and um, football work football photography and um, and it's like, oh, look at the quality of these images. But that can sometimes leave your brand like a, a bit muddled. Yes. Um, and it wasn't appealing to your kind of target market and the direction you're going in your photography business. No, um, no. But that's looking really great um, now that it's kind of all kind of aligning a little bit better. And this was only a couple of months ago, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, so it would have been November when we had our first first conversation. Oh, it was, wasn't it? I've got a question about uh, something you've just said about the mm -hmm. shift in your mindset when it came to goal setting. Was that a struggle for you internally to think, oh, I'm not, I'm not going after, I'm not chasing that, that, that next, that next booking or, you know, that next invoice being paid. Was it difficult? Um, or was it like well, a moment? Yes, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was more, as you said, a eureka moment really, because when, when you focus on doing it just for the money, you kind of find yourself 
this is this is the problem I had with just hustling on Facebook. I was on Facebook all these hours in competitions with fifty thousand other photographers in a race to the bottom, and then I'd be I'd be in a situation where I'd be doing a, a main photographer at a wedding for a whole day for like two hundred pound. Yeah, and also which is... <laughs> nothing. There's nothing making you stand out when you do that. Like no, there's there's no relationship with your brand. That client knows nothing no. about you at all. Yeah. No, that's when it. you don't give yourself a point of difference, you'll only be compared on price. So exactly what you've just said, like it was like literally a race to who can who can cut their prices the quickest to, to yes. land that client. That's never that... where we want to be. No, no. So that's why. Um... In terms of my marketing, my money for my marketing budget now is pretty much solely on wedding fairs. Um, because again, I, I was, I, I had such a terrible customer journey. It was so complicated for customers. So I would try and get someone on Facebook to go to my website, to look at my gallery, to send me an email for me to reply, to get a meeting with them. I'm like, what? I'm, I'm making 10 steps for someone when I could just go to a wedding fair, they meet me, and that is it. And then from there, we can have a proper consultation and work out where we want to go from there. And they are choosing me for me. They're not choosing me because I am £100 for a day. Because yeah. I can guarantee the people that you're finding in them groups aren't even going to look at your website. They're just going to be like, all right, well, you're available and you're cheap. Yeah, this makes me feel so nervous. I I research everything. I've researched like when I book a gardener, I'm like yes. opposite of that. I'm like, right, I want to look at all your testimonials. When I go on holiday, mm-hmm. I am awful. I'll live on TripAdvisor and <laughs> booking. I will read yes. all of the reviews until I go. I'm I'm so um like research savvy. I want to know everything about the people I kind of do work with. Um. We kind of touched on some motion stuff that you did there in terms of kind of your branding and stuff. But what's really great is that you like took some action on those things. Mm-hmm. So for those people that are kind of listening and have got kind of no idea about this concept of motion versus action and what they kind of, um, the difference between the two of them are, you'll probably find actually you fall into the motion camp quite a lot in your business. So kind of business motion um, is when you're kind of planning, strategizing, and learning about your craft or about the direction you want to take your business in. Um, maybe you're learning about SEO and um, because you want to attract more people to your website or whatever it is. Um, and these are all really great things, but they don't produce the result. What produces the result is the action. And what's really important is that um, the action is the type of behavior that delivers an outcome for you. So that delivers that booking. So without the motion, we don't get the action. But quite a lot of businesses miss out the action part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, some kind of ideas that you kind of touched on in terms of, like, your branding when you decided, right, I'm going to make a direction of your branding. You could have spent ages kind of thinking, right, what do I need to change? I need to change my website. I need to change. And you could write out a big list. Website, maybe business name, logo, colours, whatever it is. Maybe you wanted to look at your ideal client again. And this all really feels great because it's all stuff that you do need to think about. But then the the action part is then actually pressing go on it all and being Mm -hmm. like, right, my website is done. That's the part for the action. Or kind of like um, writing blog posts, Roxy, and kind of um, coming up with ideas for blogs. Yeah, or (laughs) even, you know, you you, um, have been on a... um, 
let's just say, SEO course. So you've learned a lot about SEO and you've got your plans there to implement it. But you've got to take that action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how many courses has, has anyone ever done in their life and then they've actually, or, or listened to kind of, listened to our podcast even and then not gone and implemented something from, yes. from the, the action. So, but you can appeal been been recommended a book or two so you've sat and you've read them that's fantastic you've got all this knowledge but without that action like there's no point of no, you're completely completely right about that i in, in my own personal experience i had about seven years of listening to like motivational podcasts seven years and i was like i'm so pumped i'm so excited i'm i'm doing really well i'm listening to like two hours of podcasts a day but I was just listening to two hours of podcasts every day I wasn't doing anything I was just listening to these podcasts feeling super pumped and then going to work and then coming home and just being really pumped to do nothing and, and knowledge, um, knowledge is really great yes we've got to do something about that knowledge and it, and it does make a difference in your business that you you do feel that you're moving forward mm-hmm. you are moving forward your knowledge is growing and your knowledge is learning um, well, this is it. This that, is um, a lot of people, and I'm kind of guilty of this as well. Being in like the motion camp, let's call mm-hmm. it, feels very safe. Feels very like within yep. within what we are used to. But moving over to the action camp, <laughs> um, yes, quite scary. <laughs> yeah, well, this is with um, with podcasts. What I tend to do is if I'm if I'm listening to them when I'm not driving, I will. I'll just take notes of things that kind of resonate or things that I need to action quickly. Cause that's something with a podcast needs to listen and not do anything, which is what I did for seven years. Um, and also when you, it's dangerous listening to motivational podcasts because they can be really good, but they can also be quite bad. Yeah, um, I, I call it a hustle. You said the word hustle before and that's a trigger word for me. Yes. I, I hate the word hustle. I don't believe yes. anyone should hustle. No. In business at all. Like, no. and it's very easy. And I've been in this camp of listening mm-hmm. to motivational speakers that, um, and, and I've fallen into the trap and I've honestly worked myself into hospital um, for not taking a rest. And even though I thought I was taking a rest, my mind mm-hmm. was not taking a rest. Um, no. No. The idea of, Hustle, do your job, come home, hustle. Yeah. No, we don't need to run our businesses like that. No, and that's that's literally what I tell you. If you're not getting up at four o'clock in the morning and going to bed at midnight because you're not working hard enough, then you're not working hard enough. And it's like, okay, so I need to be Who doing that. <laughs> Who wants yeah. that? Oh, totally Netflix and be successful. Let me just tell you. Yeah. That, that actually helps me to be successful. Yeah. I'm giving well, my that's friends it. some me times. I'm like looking after myself. I'm feeling um, happy. Um, it motivates me to do better in my business rather mm-hmm. than someone telling me, like, you need to be doing this. You need yeah. to feel like this. Well, this is uh, another thing that I had. I was listening to, um, like, an American business podcast and he had interviewed a really successful CEO every week. And pretty much every single one of their stories was like, oh, yeah, I work from two o'clock in the morning through till midnight and then my wife left me and then yeah. um and my kids I the business yeah. it's like I don't really want to do that that's not what I want no. that's not the point um because obviously when you're on the inside 
and running a business it kind of you can kind of understand that it makes sense and then you justify that to your family but like, well in five years time it's gonna be great and they're like well I don't want to be like this for five years yeah. um so that's that was something again with the focusing on the money thing that's not gonna get me happiness just focusing on gaining money um and that's what was one of the big things on my mind uh, mindset was kind of realizing that I could potentially end up like one of these CEOs with loads of money, but then alone and divorced and not seeing my family because I've worked so hard in the business. And that's not really the point that, well, in, in weddings anyway, that people get into business is to be divorced. It's no. kind of counterintuitive. So um, <laughs> I think that's... resonating uh, very strongly with me. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I think that's, that's what you kind of need to realise is, you you start a business because you want to live a life with yeah. your family um, and you can't give all yourself to the business all the time because it isn't fair on anyone else. You work, well, I mean, you work to live. Yes. You don't live to work. Don't get us wrong. I mean, some days you have to put in that extra, you know, you have to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of hours if, if you're busy, but not all of the time. No, and this is it when, especially when you start a business, you kind of feel compelled to be on 24 mm. seven. Um, whereas now, I, if, if I can't send an email before five o'clock, I'll send it in the evening, but it isn't going to go out until eight o'clock the next morning because yeah. your clients will just expect you to be there 24 seven. And you're the one that's, yeah, you're the one that's letting that boundary slip. Um, cause if you, if you did it like a normal business, people would expect a normal reply between nine and five because yeah, that's when it, a business funny, is in. It's funny actually. I don't know why it is in the wedding world because I've, I don't experience it anywhere else. I don't expect to be able to go in, you know, when the pharmacy is shut, the pharmacy is shut. And I just mm-hmm. realized like, I'm not going to get my medicine until the morning. I think like, I know exactly why it is because, um, <laughs> it's, it's that, uh, you know, brides feel like, uh, because they're planning their wedding 24-7. That mm-hmm. I think as well, like, a lot of them obviously have full-time jobs and they come home and they sit and plan in the evening. Yes. And, yes. And that, that's kind of, you know, how it is. And at weekends, and, you know, at weekends we're working too. You know, we're working at wedding fairs yep. and, and at weddings. They, they and, get tunnel vision, don't they? That, and that's absolutely fine. But if you've got those boundaries in place and you're setting that expectation, then... Mm-hmm. they're quite aware like oh, okay like and they're happy to wait they are happy to wait they don't want to well this is it this is what this is what we forget about emails an email isn't an instant message you you when you send an email you don't expect the reply to come straight away that's the the, the wonderful thing about email is an email is is like a letter you send a letter it's not going to get to someone else's house straight away is it so i think as a business you need to kind of step back and treat an email for what it is it's a reply when you're ready and in business hours, not 24-7. Um, there is a myth within the industry for businesses that think, if I don't reply right now, I'm going to lose this client. Yes, yeah. That's not the case. Well, no, and that's, this is um, one of the things I've come to realise is if that client is going to be like that, is that the client you want to be working with? Because especially in my point of view as a photographer I am going to be with that person for nine ten hours on the most stressful day of their life if they're they're going to be demanding from the start if this is how you do this 
at the beginning of your business when they're just kind of at their inquiry stage they're not mm -hmm. even kind of probably in book now mode they're probably in book later nope. mode they're still doing research they're still um probably chatting to two or three suppliers um kind of arranging their finances that sort of thing at the moment and if that's how you're going to start your journey with them and the expectation mm -hmm. with that client as it gets closer and closer to the wedding and they've got appointments dress fittings hair appointments kind of everything going on the contact is going to be more and more and more and more from that couple and yes this is you're booking weddings kind of the future so in 10 mm -hmm. months 12 months 18 months is, are these the couples that you want to be working with because like, that's, that's what's it. happening for the money that you take today like that's what's happening and roxy you right. touched on a, a, a point that you said before like about how being comfortable in motion um like actually it's quite a comfortable space and i want to put back on that as well um I think it's because it's only with action that we run the risk of failure, actually. By yes. Out there, yes. we kind of... <laughs> that's where we kind of get that risk of failure from. Um, like, if um, if I go to a gym, for example, which is never going to happen, mm -hmm. really, not a gym kind of person, um, and I ask about getting a personal trainer, um, I kind of feel, oh, like I feel good. I've been to the gym today. I want to get fit. Mm -hmm. I've spoken to a personal trainer. But actually, I'm not going to start shifting weight until I get down and squat. That's the part like where the, the magic kind of happens. If I send 20 emails to people or I re reach out from people at a wedding fair, I'm going to feel great at the end of the wedding. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to feel like I've achieved loads. But mm -hmm. if I haven't asked for the sale in any of them, yes you know it's kind of the action part and asking for the sale that's scary um yep absolutely yeah. you've got the potential to get rejected that is like difficult stuff isn't it difficult stuff mm -hmm. we all get rejected in business sometimes and it you know it's not the most easy thing to kind of pick yourself back up from no, you're you're completely completely right. I think the the thing is is that we do take it very personally because obviously with businesses under our, well, under our own name, we consider it as kind of a personal attack if they don't choose us, which is completely wrong. Um, because obviously for a wedding, the, the client is as individual as you are as a business. Um, so rather than focusing on how many people say no, you should be kind of grateful for the ones that say yes, because they want you for you, not for your price or because it's convenient or because eh, you're, you're and there. And when these clients say no, that weren't right for your business, you are making room for somebody. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely right. You're making room for that person that's going to be your ideal client that you're going to walk away from and feel absolutely amazing, really enjoy your your work and your job because this is like our passion. We're not in the wedding industry because it's a you know a job that we can kind of switch up off from we get so involved mm. in the emotion of their day and their story and their love story and you know we're very giving we're a very giving industry right and yes, those kind of ideal clients are always easier to kind of enjoy and give and feel like it's not it's not work um yes. yeah i wanted to uh, go back to when we jumped on a call with you rob in november mm -hmm. and this is another an example of action versus motion and actually how 
from from the motion you then actually went on to take action is when we just went over your socials with you and and Mm -hmm. your website and then we gave you some pointers and rather than just going oh I'll do that eventually like I'll I'll park it for a little bit you took the action and you went on to change it didn't you yes yeah so I I I I think it was probably within two days I'd flipped everything and so I'd created a new Instagram which was solely for weddings solely for people that would like it because obviously I had a very successful travel account which had about 6,000 followers on it it was getting good kind of interaction but if you suddenly start posting weddings to people that are looking at fancy beaches in tropical places they're not going to care um so completely completely restarted that um built it from nothing it's up to a thousand followers as of yesterday which is okay. super exciting and, and um, yeah. just let's take a moment for that rob because we get asked this all the time like oh i'm mm-hmm. changing i'm changing my idea client or i've got another idea for a business we were chatting to people yesterday who were exploring other possibilities for their business and a few a few times it came up should i set up another account and you know why they're asking because it's the hard it's hard work starting again from nothing yes but yeah you know what would you say to those people rob uh absolutely do it absolutely yeah. do it so I, I i was yeah exactly where they was i was in the process I, i'll be honest i was going to be lazy and i'd started archiving all my pictures and um that <laughs> was taking ages and i was like you know what it's going to be quick for me just to start the new account and just start from zero because I had about one and a half thousand pictures, and it's Instagram, you can only delete one at a time. So well, I was like, let's not just... The people, the people that no. are looking for travel photography, maybe they're interested in kind of travel, lifestyle photography, yep. uh, you know. And they're world, they're worldwide as well. They're not, they're not local. They're not gonna, they're not gonna buy a wedding from a wedding photographer in Essex if they're based in like the Philippines or America or yeah. Brazil. So the the engagement i'm getting on my account now is actually significantly higher than what it was on the travel account if you look at it pound for pound um in what three months my audience is a a sixth of the size my engagement is double on each post because i'm posting relevant contact relevant content to relevant people yeah and you're Um, hitting a niche of yes. people and this is what it is about on social media giving people content that they want and exactly yeah and you've got that down and although it's scary to grow that audience you've got now rather than having six thousand of people who aren't really your ideal client and we know how social media works we know that um that's going to be a thousand just because you've got a thousand followers doesn't mean a thousand people are going to see your post at any at any particular one time it's actually more like two or three percent um you want that two three percent to be people who are your ideal client ready to book not people sat on the other side of the world yes yeah and this is what i found um i now i've kind of rebranded the instagram as well because originally i was doing other stuff on there and um, I've had a rebrand, which has actually resulted in more click through to my website, which is good, which means that I am actually engaging with my audience more so than just having an Instagram of random pictures. Because uh, obviously for a photographer, Instagram is perfect because it is your shop front. Um, and also I found reels are insane for traffic. 
because yeah, I've had a, a lot of kind of it's uh it's about a thousand percent uplift on interaction for my reels over my pictures so for anyone that's thought about doing reels absolutely do them because you will get people looking just for the what's what's really great about reels they're they're really good for reaching new people Mm -hmm. so what's great about reels is it's great for reaching new people and they're really good audience growth builders so the different kinds of posts for depending on people's different social media goals um mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic you're starting and you've started an audience from scratch reels has really helped you play into that and also what's fab is that they're working through in terms of click-throughs to website which is what like you say that's your call to action that's where you want to kind of um send people over did you yeah. pick a date so when you decided right i'm going to rebound you, you got on with it and you, you kind of did it in two days do you kind of Pick a day. We did this. We did a rebrand, didn't we, Roxy? Mm-hmm. And we could have sat in kind of motion forever. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of places we have uh, had to change things. We've got a day. lot of like our digital footprint is insane. Yes. <laughs> so we were like, and and also like old courses, old books, or oh, just uh, mm-hmm. just when you think like you've done, you're like, oh, there's another day. But we could have sat in motion for forever. What we did, and what we kind of advise people to do is um, pick a date where you're going to shift from motion into action. Like, and that's going to be the day you go. Um, And how I like to kind of break my goals down, my brain's wired on the end point and I move backwards Mm -hmm. from that. So my brain yeah. in two weeks, we are um, having a rebrand, names changing. What Mm -hmm. do I need to do to get that to get that done in two weeks and it, mm-hmm. that's how my brain works um and it'll re- remove all the obstacles in its way as I kind of go or like move around them while while reaching that goal rather than kind of doing it the other way around and I like it that way around as well because the book kind of lies with me then I'm like dead rather than oh I'm waiting for the client to reply I can't I can't ask for the sale because I'm waiting for the client to reply Whereas if mm-hmm. I was like, right, I'm going to make 10 bookings in, you know, summer season or one booking, one extra booking in autumn, what do I need to then do to that? I'm going to actually yes. case in that client that inquired because mm-hmm. I, my brain's going to start thinking of, okay, who's, who's made contact with me? Who's showing buying behavior? Who do I need to mm-hmm. kind of go back in and speak to? Um yeah, how did how did that work for you? Did you plan to pick a day, or did you just kind of just think? Yes, yeah, so I knew that I needed to update the kind of the Instagram because of conversations I had with other photographers that looked in. And they was like, "You need to just have pictures on there. You don't need to have all the other stuff." Um, it's it's great for people kind of talking to you, but people just want to see pictures on Instagram for photographers. Um, so. It's an easy fix for me, that one, because my socials are all planned two weeks in advance as a minimum. Um, so that just meant I had two weeks before it changed. So I had two weeks to get them up live. There was no point in me deleting the stuff I had because that's just more work for, for nothing. Two weeks of kind of posts that are there didn't need to be changed. They were fine because they were still getting engagement. Um, but I had two weeks to kind of rebrand what I was doing in terms of the the pictures I had and 
put in text to pictures as well. And that was my, my, my red line was I had two weeks. Otherwise yeah, I have no content. Because actually you can spend forever kind of in the planning stage mm-hmm. and then that kind of end part, you can continue to kind of delay that as long as you want to. Yes. You, know, you work for yourself, you know, you can, you yep. can take it when you want to, you know, you want to rebrand or you want to appeal to a different client or you want to go back and look at your ideal client um, avatar. So, you know, no yeah. one's telling you what to do or when to do it. You're your own boss. They kind of, this happened with us. I, I had on my vision board, I wanted to write a book. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something I wanted to, to achieve in 2020. And, mm-hmm. you know, that does require some planning friend and, you know, which is motion and also like plenty of action to complete bits of it, like writing a chapter, writing, you know, a chapter at a time, going away, researching, sending it off for people to kind of read all of that sort of stuff. Um, but <laughs> the actual launch itself, you can continue to kind of put that off for forever um, as to when you're actually yes. going to put, put it out there. It kind of, um, it spurred me up the backside <laughs> to get it done at the end of 2020 because I was like oh man I've got two months left and I'm only like halfway through writing this book and I'd really mm-hmm. it. I started it in the January I started it on the 2nd of January and it got to like the October and I was like oh okay right and because I'd gone back and left a bit and gone back and done some more I actually made it more difficult for myself because quite often mm-hmm. I'd have to go and like refresh what I'd done maybe I'd kind of changed the way I was writing a little bit in between that period so it was much much harder but then when I kind of said wow like I've got two months to get this completed it was like boom I sat and I wrote it in three days yes yeah and out it went (laughs) how how good did that feel when you when that was finally done yeah good what we we do as well don't we and we do this in our course and our course is a lot and is that we tell people things are coming before we've even made them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we tell people we're going to rebrand before we've even know that we're rebranding because we've put yep. it out there then. So we've put exactly. it out. Exactly. Yes. And then, man, now we better make it happen. <laughs> that's it. That's um, that's what I've been doing. So I um, I've got um a personal blog that I've started on on my website now. Um, which goes along with obviously my content club blog, which is <laughs> a game changer because there's a lot of web stuff I didn't know. Turns oh out. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I feel turns like out, I, I'm amazing yeah. um, <laughs> the general content club. The content club is where like Rob's one of our students in content club. We we you get to access kind of blogs, don't you? Social media mm-hmm. posts and um, lead magnets, etc., to kind of plug and play into your business. Um. Yeah, like I feel like I'm like some sort of wedding guru now. Like <laughs> when I sit and watch things, I actually bore everybody in my, in my mm-hmm. personal life because I'm like, oh, like did you know that this catering trend is going to be hot in like six months' time? Or I'll be researching like bridal fashion week and like taking info from the blogs that we're going to write. You know, like the trends, what are coming. The, yeah. The, like, uh, the themes, the... <laughs> Just everything, wedding. We tell us about your other blog. This is exciting. So, uh, basically, the other blog was I wanted to make my business more personal, really, because obviously I want people to choose me because of me. 
I don't want them to choose me because I'm I'm cheap or available, as I've said. The the yeah. point of the business was I would get to do a job that I love doing for That's people that love what I'm doing. If people are only booking you because you're cheap. That's not sustainable. Like, what happens when no. you, not, you don't want to be cheap anymore? What happens That's when it. now you turn around and you've got 10 years' experience behind your belt and you don't mm -hmm. have 20 years' experience, 30 years' experience? Yes. Where's it going to end? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's why I thought I'd, I'd write a blog which made me more of a person to my clients, but also more accountable to me and also to my family. Um, because I'd rather kind of talk about stuff that I'm doing as opposed to just wedding stuff all the time. Um, so now I, I make myself accountable to actually spend time with my family to go out with my wife, take her out. Because I realised that for five months of the business, I'd just been doing the business and we hadn't actually been anywhere pretty much since we got married. We, we got married and then I went straight to work and that was it. So I was like, right, stop. We need to do something. We need to actually go out and spend some time together. I think a lot of people can find that relatable. Not just in business, but even in, I say this to my partner, you know, quite often we'll talk kids, kids, kids. And I'm mm -hmm. like, when the kids grow up, you know, we need to have things outside of the kids that yep. we have in common and that we love to do together and stuff. And we're, um, people know that I, you know, we're a blended family. So my children go and see their dad. Mm -hmm. um, so I get this period of time with my partner. So I, I realise I'm, I'm quite lucky, but I took the lessons that, you know, life gives us lessons in weird places. Yes. <laughs> but I took the lessons that happened in my, in my marriage that didn't work out. Um, in terms of not not just my side, his side, both of us. Mm -hmm. For this relationship, it was very much like, okay, we're people and actually spending time together. That's the foundations of when you're busy and when, you know, crap hits the fan and you think things are tough. Yes. Having those foundations because you put your family first of, of what's going to keep you all together. Keep your business mm -hmm. strong, keep you strong. So, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I love that you've admitted that, Rob. It's um, it's really refreshing to hear. Yeah, well, this well, the the reason that I want to kind of do this now is that I, as I said, I don't want to end up being on a podcast talking about how my marriage failed because of how good my business was. I, it's it's kind of better to realise that in advance yeah. of that happening, um, so I can say. I've had a great marriage, I've got a great family, and I've got a great business. And that's that's what I'm doing it all for. And this is great. I think there's this... Um, really great. That actually is another, another um, motion into action, actually. Because mm -hmm. the action is, <laughs> you've got to <laughs> do these things with your family. Yep. <laughs> because you've got to write a blog about it now, so... Yes, exactly that, and that's why that's why that's why I do it. Well, not it's not for the blog, obviously not for the content, but um, it's 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 so that I can actually kind of look back because the thing is, we we always forget that the internet is one thing's on the internet; it's there forever, um, and we're we're kind of we are going to be the first generation in history where our entire life is documented forever because um, obviously our parents were you got uh, before that you were born you got a, a birth certificate you get married a marriage certificate then you die there might be a few pictures and that's it whereas for us our kids and beyond will forever kind of see who we was yeah. so 
that kind of stamp you're going to leave and on the internet funny, is there forever. It's funny because even a few years after you do it, my my son came out of school one day. Actually, it was his friend came out of school one day, and he was like, "You're on the internet," and I was like, mm. "What? Excuse me?" And he was like, "You're on the internet," and I was like, "Am I?" And they obviously, I don't know for whatever reason, they sat in past that day and they were googling their parents it happens mm-hmm. everybody i'm just putting it out there <laughs> um, um yeah and they pulled something up that i'd done years and years ago but yeah yeah like yeah it's strange isn't it it's a strange thought yes well it's I, I was looking into i was on um what the ancestry.com looking at what the family history and the, you kind of I got all the way back to like the 1500s. It was crazy how far it goes back. But all you get is like when people are born, when they die, who they're related to, and that's it. Yeah. And then you'll get our generation where they'll probably be like a link to your Facebook and God, your your MySpace page when you're 13. And um, they're going to be like, (laughs) yeah. So uh, you might want to quickly run them there and delete, (laughs) delete your. Yeah, horrific <laughs> MySpace page as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> so our, our future generations will think if it's not if it didn't happen on the internet, it never happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is what we this is what we keep telling people, don't we? So um, um, yeah, it's kind of this is this is why I kind of started the blog was to you are you are leaving your legacy in what is online. Everything that you do online is what will be your your life this is your autobiography to an extent because well, people will be able to see this and um, it's all on my website so i'll i'll link you over to it yeah, yeah, on we'll, there we'll pop it all, in, all in the show notes we will um oh. but yeah it's um <laughs> obviously you, you you've managed to uh, put motion into action and it's mm-hmm. really kind of propelled your business over the last how many months did you say it was six four four five six oh, yeah, five six months now yeah, yeah. You've got any advice for others who are thinking right i want to i want to i want to do what he's done I, I want a bit of that so so what can people do oh lots <laughs> so there's there's lots of things that i can tell people not to do um because I've, I've done them all but i think for me organization and discipline are are the two biggest things I've learned from the business side so when I started off I had a little wall of post-it notes which then became a little whiteboard and now the whiteboard is not fitting everything in so now I've got a ridiculously large excel spreadsheet with everything on it um, and on there I give myself deadlines for obviously you've got all your couples and all like the, the journey of all the things you have to do with them but also all the other things that you have to do as well and they've all got dates for deadlines that I have to do um, and that just makes me do them so I don't end up having a hundred things to do on one day or more importantly when I'm supposed to be with my family uh, because obviously let's have a look so my, my to-do list in terms of actual things that you don't think about you've got your emails to reply to updating the website um the blog generic blog posts that go out then my personal blog posts that go out wedding fair planning email campaigns facebook instagram hitched magazines bride book and then suppliers i'm talking to as well and if you have to do all of that kind of guessing it you'll just spend forever doing it whereas if you have it all taken down for specific dates 
you get it done um, and it just gets it out of the way because otherwise you just spend your entire time sat on Facebook watching cats, which is a lot easier. That's really great too. I know you, you just said you do it on um, an Excel spreadsheet. There's Asana out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it on Trello, even if it's just yes. paper. But getting yes, I've got nice. a um, I've got a massive diary as well. So there is a there is a hard copy and a soft copy. Um, <laughs> it's um, yeah. I think this is the thing that we kind of we take for granted how easy it is to to not do anything. It's so easy to just be on the internet and not doing anything. Um, and to the same extent as well, we get, I, I know I've had five, well, I had at least five months where I was always distressed because I felt that I wasn't doing stuff and I always felt guilty if I had a day off. Um, whereas now I don't because it's not sustainable living that way. It's not sustainable on your health, on your, on your relationships, um, on your business, your business won't last. So you kind of have to make time for yourself as well. And if you have a day off, it's it's not going to be the end of your business. Your business isn't suddenly going to fold because you took a day off. Your clients won't begrudge that because they're not going to be working seven days a week, 24 hours a day, are they? Um, And if if they are annoyed, then that's probably not the best client for you unless you enjoy that kind of interaction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think the, the important thing is, to find the way that best kind of drives actual business for you. So for me, I was really scared about doing wedding fairs. I didn't want to do them because obviously that's it. You're out there. You kind of, you're face to face with people and you'll find out if they like you as a person. Um, But when I had a, a business meeting about my brand, my whole my whole point was to bring people to me because I said it was through me that they would want to choose me. Yeah. But I was sending them on this weird journey to go all around the internet to get to me last. So I had to kind of bite the bullet and just go straight for the wedding fairs. And my return to investment on wedding fairs is just insane. I've done from the three I've done, I've got about 70 emails, which are great for my SEO. Um, but more importantly, I've got, as we speak about seven bookings for this year um but i've also networked with loads of suppliers and that is probably more important is building that network up around you um because if you have suppliers that like you and trust you they in turn will recommend you and that is a much cheaper way of getting advertising than trying to spend it on Facebook oh, or Instagram it, and things it, like that. The networking side of things. Like if you've got a like a, a circle of suppliers, it's like mm-hmm. having a marketing team in your back pocket. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, and this is it. I think I think as well with when you go self employed, the the thing that I was scared about the most was being a sole trader. I assumed that it was like you against the world. It was just you. Everyone's going to hate you. All the photographers will hate you because you're taking their money. All the other suppliers won't want to talk to you because, you know, they're doing other things. I don't care. They've got their own business. And I think I was kind of scared on a, on a social level. Like, well, I'm just going to be stuck at home doing nothing. I'll have no social life. I'll be doing anything. Um, but what I've actually found is there is actually, I've got a, I've got a stronger community of people around me now than I did before. Um, because when you meet 
suppliers, you're all on the same page. You're all driving towards the same goal. You're all running businesses that want to provide the best service to couples. Um, and you actually find that through these interactions, your business is going to get a lot better. It's like I had people rewrite my website for me for free because they just enjoy writing. I'm awful at writing. I'm terrible. I'm it's like, my about, website's uh, rubbish. It's all about collaborating and not just on what yeah. you say. And networking happens day to day in your life anyway without you even thinking about yeah. it. Like with yeah. all of the kind of people you meet. But it is it is definitely about getting yourself out there, Rob, and stepping outside of your comfort zone, which I think you've done amazingly well. And like, um, I think if people take anything kind of away from kind of your talk is that you kind of like turned that activity into achievement. So you you kind of weren't happy with where you were at. You Ooh. took a look at it, um, spoke to some people that kind of helped <laughs> that helped you and pointed you in the right direction with a few things. But then, more importantly, you did something about it and took that action along with the motion as well. So the motion was yeah. kind of learning about it all, and then the action, which has then resulted in the bookings, because that's what. Like motion will never produce the final result. It's only the action. No, um, no, you're right. I know. It's it's like um, wedding wedding fairs are as a great example of wedding fairs for me. Again, personally, you as a business have spent money to be there. Now, there's sometimes you'll get to wedding fairs and people just be sat down behind their desk on their phone. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. why? You're 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 paying to be here, and we you're not doing anything. We can talk about wedding fairs. Come on, Roxy. And, uh, we're trying to introduce AU. We're trying to introduce Weekly inside. Right. And I will pop the link in the show notes for anyone who wants mm. to go check that out. Um, join our community if you're not in there. Um, and then you'll be able to view it. Okay, what we'll do, Rob? Like, it's been so interesting to talk to you. We'll definitely have to have you back on in a few moments, and we can kind of see again, like where you are, like on this. I was just going to ask on, on kind of final note. What are your plans kind of moving forward? Because you've achieved like incredible things in a very short space of time. So six months well, here, where do I yeah. um, Well, I mean, this, I, I, don't, I don't know at the moment because originally my plan for this year was to get more bookings than last year. Uh, last year I had five weddings and my plan was to match that through either second shooting or through bookings myself at the moment I've got 15 bookings uh as of yesterday I've got one more booking confirmed and I've got my first wedding tomorrow um (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy this year um but potentially I mean I'm I'm at a situation now where I speak to my partner and saying this may be moving full-time quicker than we thought um because oh, yeah that would be great is that, the dream? <laughs> is that the dream then to kind of take it full-time yes so uh at the moment i'm balancing I'm, uh, there's a lot of a lot of plates being juggled at right. the moment so yeah. my full-time job i work for the nhs um i i stupidly decided to start a bachelor's degree in photography uh which i'm kind of halfway through as well at the moment but luckily yeah. that's that's spare time loads going um, on and then, um, yeah, and then the business as well. So one of those eventually will have to drop. And hopefully it means I'll be going full-time in the business because the, like the, the growth is there. Yeah, it sounds like you're definitely on the way. It's been really great to have you on today, Rob. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, sharing your story. 
um we'll get a link to your uh website and your blog into the show notes and um if anybody kind of wants to explore this kind of idea of action motion going forward head on over to our blog and i'll get a blog published on that too um enjoy the rest of your day guys thanks for listening bye bye